everyone, and welcome to episode 91 of the Rich Cheese Radio Podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what's up, man? Pretty big week for me there, bud. Um, apologies to the listeners. I know they were probably looking for the drop this morning, but uh, yes, I yes, was yes. I was just a bit a bit rundown yesterday from uh <laughs> is that is that how we say it nicely these days we're we're a little rundown yeah well the worst part was i wasn't even like hung over it was just it was a combination of i did hang out pretty late the night before and then i just had a very full day of work and you know no no time in between to recuperate so by the time i got there plus i'm also packing up for a little excursion this week so it, there's been a lot going on i had to tie up a lot of loose ends at the job and you know make sure my my ass is covered on a lot of fronts so um <laughs> you know and p- part of part of being in the position that i'm in uh you know if you if people have watched shows like the bear and stuff uh you're just a natural um control freak i guess but it's sort of just uh you're just very uncomfortable having somebody hold the reins so, yeah, because at the end of the day, your name's on everything, right? Everything kind of uh, falls on you. And so it's it's tough to uh, entrust that to somebody else when, you, when you've done this as, as long as I have. So, yeah, a lot going on. Uh, for those who don't know, I, I, I alluded to it. Um, it was my birthday yesterday. It's, it's a very big day for uh, horology in general. So I share a birthday with uh, Zoe, Watch Girl Off Duty, which is neat. We found that out nice. by, by accident somehow one day. And then every year, I wish her a happy 20 birthday. And then uh, also the Hodinky Travel Clock yes, we shares a birthday forget. with us. That's right. Which, you know, I think it turned three this year. So <laughs> a big so happy people, birthday. People don't forget. No, people do not forget. <laughs> and every time I bring it up, people are like, oh, my God, I forgot all about it. But then they're like, I, I'm so happy you remind, reminded me. I'm like, yeah. So, we have to call, uh, we have to call cringe where cringe is needed to be called out. Yeah, but uh, but overall, yeah, really good good little weekend. Had a fun birthday. You know, a buddy of mine got me got me an Orient, so that was neat. Oh yeah, saw the post. It's a uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, a black one, right? Yep. Nice. Something new. Something fun. Um, is it is it a Mako or is it a Ray? It's a Ray, I believe. It's yeah, a, yeah. C- circular indices. Um, yeah, yeah. The nice the nicer Mako. <laughs> but yeah it was cool you know had a little barbecue and stuff and then some of the guys came over from work and the dudes i work with are a little younger than i am so that hence yeah. we stayed up a little late yeah and yeah. uh you know had a little fun but um you know still had to show them what was good on on the, the old pong table haven't lost a a step since since my heyday <laughs> raining buckets there you go so Hung with the young kids. They all made it to work the next day, which was great. <laughs> even even better. Even better. It's like, I know what you were doing last night. Right. I'm so here. You better be here. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. Don't don't be that guy, right? So <laughs> but uh but so just just uh you know laying the groundwork for why why uh we, we missed the drop a little bit <laughs> today. It's okay. I think uh, I think our listeners will, will give us one day. It just means be all right. it's delayed gratification. That's yeah. all it is. Hey, I could have been a jerk and been like, I'm going on vacation, let's just skip a week, but I'm not gonna do that. So I mean I mean we haven't done it yet, right? We haven't skipped a week yet. And now we've postponed a few days sometimes for a, yeah. either a holiday or you know, 
uh, travel or business, whatever <laughs> it might be, but been pretty consistent. Anyways, how are, how are things on your end? There you go. Uh, good, man. Uh, it's been a long day for me. Um, I'm on the road currently, which is what maybe why I sound a little different, but uh, it's been good. You know, no, no complaints. Had a great weekend. I uh, just got back from my own personal trip last week uh, with the fam, went across the Midwest and uh, back home and now back in the Midwest. So <laughs> here we go. We're here. We're alive. We're thriving, as the young kids say. That's like the new <laughs> thriving and vibing is yeah. what they say. Yeah. I, I like to just throw in surviving because that's that now that I'm older, that's how I feel. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to survive. Exactly. Um, so weird week, not a whole lot going on. I guess just the the uh between the 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 pink Barbie watches and uh the Oppenheimer Hamiltons, like nobody really wanted to get involved this week. So it was not a lot dropped. Um really had yeah. to scrape the barrel here. Yeah. Good old Barbie Barbie Hammer has a. Uh... Or Barbieheimer has had an effect. Yeah. So, uh, but we did get a couple things. Nothing, nothing crazy. But um, Bulova did drop a watch. It's a reissue. Pretty neat one. It's yeah. called the Jet Star. And uh, you know, there's a few different flavors, but you get a red one, which is really nice. You can have a gold tone. There's a silver. Uh, they come in a cushion case. With a really retro bracelet, kind of looks like the one that Timex just brought back for their GMT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? That kind of weird. What would you call that? Four link, five link? What, what even is uh, that? Man, I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say it's like a modified H link, but there's like a center connecting point, so it's not quite an H link. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. They kind of look like a Batman logo. Batman, right? Fence posts. I don't know what you want to call it. It's like three vertical and <laughs> it's like two H's side by side. Yeah, that's that's basically what it is. Maybe that's the better way to describe it. We'll call it the double H bracelet. How about that? Okay, it's a right. double H link. There you go. Yeah, because it's not quite a W. No, and it's not quite an H. But it's neat. I like it. I like the bracelet a lot. It's um, cool. It's it's different. Certainly different. Yeah, and it looks like this has a. A smooth sweeping quartz movement. Yeah, so this is the Bulova two sixty two kilohertz. Um, it's a technology they debuted a long time ago in their Precisionist line, right? Which I was definitely not a fan of because those watches were pretty ugly. <laughs> um, no offense to anybody out there listening to has a Precisionist. You know, you're um, always going to get that one DM. I, <laughs> I love my Precisionist. I know, I know. I'm already ready. I'm already ready for it. But uh, no, I mean, I think this is uh, an example of being able to scale the technology down in size because those precisionist models back in the day, they were ultra thick, very big watches. It's almost like Bulova and Invicta had a baby with kind of an impressive technological quartz movement. Um, and it looks like over the last few years, they've been able to scale down the sizing of the movements to give us something that's a little bit more wrist friendly especially something like this, which is very cool. I could have done without the 262 kilohertz on the dial. Likewise. I'm just like, it looks cool. Like the watch looks very cool. I don't know if that was necessary to put, to put it there. Like we get it. It's a precisionist movement. 
put it on the case back for the love of God, <laughs> because it's just not necessary, not necessary. But I digress. The watch overall looks really cool, and it's in forty millimeters, which is even better. Right, and and it did. It it looks a little bigger in photos because of the shape of the case and everything, and and sort of the angles and everything that goes on with it. But yeah, forty mils, twenty mil bracelet, so really good overall dimensions. Um, I really like. I don't. What do you even call these? This in, uh, index style with these. Uh, I, I'm seeing them more and more. I mean, a lot of vintage reissues have them because they're pretty vintage looking. But I don't know what you call this style of index. I, I, I don't either, man. It's uh, it's like the it's, same it's ones that, that are on the, the the Rowing Blazers Seiko fives. Yeah, it's it, it's something that's really you know indicative of the late '60s, early '70s. Um, right when you started to see the kind of big, bold, vibrant colors coming into play, you have these big, chunky, blocky markers. Um, but they break them up because they're multicolored. Right. So you have kind of like this rectilinear shape. You have a predominantly, you know, let's say the the red version, right? You have a predominantly black hour marker with a small area that's going to kind of have a silver tone to it, but there's a red stripe down the center. Um, so I, I don't know what to call them kind of the best description i can give them but uh i don't know it's cool man like cool, i think if yeah. you're interested in buying something that's just kind of a you know cool kind of streety vibe vintage vibe low-key watch they're not very expensive retail is 595 on this which i imagine at some point here in the near future you'll probably be able to get it for far less than that but uh cool design overall yeah, I like the loom dots around the outside. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, sharp watch. I mean, for a week where nothing else is going on, why not? I hear it, man. I hear it. The double H bracelet. There you go. <laughs> All right. And one more. And this one's sort of just a fun release. Um, so Casio hooked up with a Kentucky-based sneaker and streetwear company called Oneness. And because... Everybody knows Kentucky for bourbon. This watch is inspired by bourbon. And I, I, I bring it up partly because we have friends who are very into the whole boozy thing. So I'm sure mm -hmm. they'll think this one's neat. But it's, it's pretty cool. It's very much a bourbon watch. I mean, you have some pretty heavy branding on it, which might not sit well with everybody. Um, but it is a collab. And probably the neatest thing about this is, I mean, I think the, the strap it's like a gradient strap. It gets darker as it goes from the tip with the head to the tip to the, at the tail end. And it's, so it just gets, it's like a bright Amber and then it goes to a dark, you know, almost a dark Brown, just like you would see, you know, in a, in a, a bottle of bourbon, if you're holding it in certain light and things like that. So, yeah, it's cool, man. This is again, you know, you, you have kind of a heavy branding with the, with the oneness logo on the top and it has a little slogan, what are you waiting on? Which I think is kind of a cool reminder to just kind of like seize the day and live in the moment. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, this watch is super cool. So it's based off of the DW5600 platform. Um, it obviously has a little bit different number than that because it's, it's a collaboration watch. But it's super cool. Like for any whiskey drinkers or, or bourbon enthusiasts out there, I can think of a good person. Our, our friend Kelly would be all over this watch. 
Um, I mean, she loves G-Shock and she loves bourbon. I, yeah, I can't, that's, I can't, that's I literally, a, a I literally cannot imagine a more perfect heaven. watch for this. But regardless, um, it's a very cool watch. I love how the resin case is predominantly see-through, especially on the watch head. And then as you were mentioning, it kind of gradients uh, out to kind of that darker ambery color towards the end. Uh, super cool. Plus it comes in an awesome box, man. It comes in like a bourbon box. Like yeah, it, lo- vertical... it looks like a box of like JD, you know? Yeah, it's it's cool. It has like the little, you know, quintessential like bag that goes over the alcohol bottle and everything. It's it's a very cool presentation. Price points $130 uh, USD. Um, very, very, very cool collaboration. Kind of random, but I like it and I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, it was just something cool. I, I kind of stumbled upon, and I was like, "All right, I guess we could talk about this." It's not a whole lot going on, right? Yeah, definitely not a whole lot in the watch space. But sometimes this stuff gets overshadowed. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. Had we done this yesterday, we probably wouldn't have had anything to talk about. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was like, "Did anything happen this week?" <laughs> oh man, it's hard to keep track with everything that's going on. But this is a cool collab, for sure. For sure. Um. So that's it for new stuff. Um, but this week, sort of inspired by my own events, um, we were going to talk watches and uh, birth years, right? It's, it's, it's always sort of a, something that the watch folks kind of get into. And I, I would like to own a pretty cool birth year watch at some point. I, I would have to figure out what it's going to be, but you know, everybody likes to have something that's sort of as old as they are and it's and and has aged simultaneously, you know, concurrently with them right throughout time. And it's sort of just a reflective thing. And I think it's fun to sort of seize the the moment of the era that you're born in, right? Because obviously a watch that's from however many years ago is gonna have a lot of cues based on what the you know, the sort of a sign of the times, right? It's gonna have design or colors or maybe even just the the brand, for example, might have been prominent during that era. And maybe it's either yeah. fallen off or disappeared altogether, you know? So I think it, it's cool sort of in the n- nostalgia realm, which I think is big amongst collectors. And, and, and I think people who get into this hobby are very sort of into the nostalgia thing, because I think everybody, even if you're only into collecting sort of the, the sporty stuff now will eventually dip their toe in, in the vintage at some point even if it's just a cheapie or a yeah. fun watch, right? Like even if you're going to go back and get like a, a swatch jelly or something or something like that, like, you know, you can have fun with nostalgia without spending, you know, five, six figures. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, exactly. but we, wanted, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, birth year watches and sort of inspired by that, right? We're going to, we're going to have a few watches from our birth years that we would enjoy <laughs> or at least are inspired by. Yeah, years we were born. Um, I'm an '80s baby. You are a '90s baby, not by much, but yeah. Um, I've got some. You've got some. I also have uh, a little background on each one of those years. Just a little, a little um, lay of the land, if you will, for each one. Um, so I guess because I guess I, I guess I I came first, so I'll start with that one. Um. So I'm an 85 baby. And 
major events of 1985. So I, I, I found a, a really fun website sort of tells you everything that happened. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff is uh, sort of historical based. Gorbachev becomes Soviet leader. Um, you know, there was a TWA flight hijack, yada, yada. But just um, as far as things go, right, you had the number one song was I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. <laughs> okay followed okay. by careless whisper if you're familiar with that one okay by yeah george michael yeah and yeah, if you, yeah and if you've never seen the sexy sax man on youtube i <laughs> highly advise you oh my god that i forgot about that video where the guy would just start playing the sax Bro, in the most random classic. places and he's um, dressed like george michael and he's playing <laughs> the whole song you know this one <laughs> Yeah. And he's blasting this out like in the mall he's walking on the food court stepping and, on tables and shit and, and he's, he's like, like thrusting like yeah, he's like and, thrusting in the air and it's hilarious and he keeps getting shooed away by people and security you gotta see it the sexy sax man it is great i'm gonna i'm gonna have to rewatch that because it's been a minute since i've seen that it just hit me when i, re- I read george michael i was like oh dude sexy sexy sax man <laughs> it's a damn I classic it. i love it right um, top 10 movies back to the future very appropriate because in the movie he's in 85 beverly beverly hills cop you got goonies you got <laughs> police academy 2 i mean yeah <laughs> now that so uh hey i do love police academy there's no it's no a classic it's just funny like there's a lot of sequels rambo first blood part two like yes those are in like the top 10 you know it's kind of weird but um TV shows, Cosby, Cosby Show, Family Ties, Murder, She Wrote, Miami Vice for our boy McD. He's a big Miami Vice guy. <laughs> so just kind of neat stuff. Um, so the 80s is an interesting era because everything, I mean, if you think about watches in general, there's there's a few brands that stick out. I have three watches that I would, I would like to own from this era. Okay, um, okay. I guess I'll start with uh, a Captain Obvious. Um, one of my favorite watches um, that I, I really I looked at for a long time before they exploded in price, which sucked, is the uh, some people know that says the the Clint Eastwood, but it's the old Rubier GMT. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's for a sure. sixteen seven five three. That sounds right. Yeah, and so it's the old sort of maroon and gold bezel root beer GMT, and they made these with tiger eye dials. Yep, yep, and yeah, and, the, and the and the what were they calling uh, nipple dials, right? Yes, yes, you get the nipple dials with the pointy yeah. sort of gold in, indices on it, and you get a nice two tone bracelet. They come with a jubilee. Some of them come yeah. with an oyster, which is also kind of cool. But I like the jubilee personally on that. And man, this is such a cool watch because it's sort of just, it's to me, it's it speaks like to that time period based on the color scheme. Like you know, obviously the you look at the new root beer, and it's not it, it doesn't translate to me. Like they they made it very, you know, sort of like a dulled. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't it's like, like a, it. A burnt goldish color, and then yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not the, as the older. It's not one, as beautiful as I lo- as I would like it to be. The older one is very dated looking, but it's also kind of what I like about it. Yeah, right. Like those colors are are they almost barely go together. And like when you look at it, and you're like, Rolex made this. Like when I first got into watches, I was like, 
I was like, is this a real Rolex? Like th these colors are kind of weird. Like usually you go, you know, red and black, red and blue, all black, black and gold. Like th those are like pretty classic combinations. Like what is this sort of maroon mustard color? And I was like, yeah, all right. like, so I looked into it more and more and I was like, oh, these are actually kind of cool. And then eventually I was looking at one when they were around like eight or nine thousand. I was like, ah, it's a lot of money. And now they're a lot more than that. So I'll never wind up with one, but overall a very cool watch. I mean, one that I, again, it, it's just strange enough to make me love it. Yeah. I guess that's how I would put it. I mean, they, they also make um, matte dials of this and non-nipple <laughs> indices. <laughs> but uh, but again, that's sort of what I like uh, whenever I speak about like this era of Rolex and liking it is because you you sort of just it just was what it was like. They just well, they just whatever, did whatever, whatever they, they had to do, whatever they had lying around. They put together and made a watch out of it. It wasn't like, you know, we have to make this variation and it's going to be coveted and valuable. No, they were just making stuff for people to wear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. To, to make a great watch, which is what I I liked about the the older versions um some people would call those the good old days the good old days yes 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 um my second one is going to be very on the nose <clears throat> a watch that i believe this watch debuted in 85 so bonus points there this is the seiko 7c46-7009 also known as the golden tuna so an iteration of one of my other favorite sort of oddball watches, but like adoring the oddball, like I like I like that GMT because it's kind of weird. The Tuna, also kind of weird, definitely um, a quirky watch. And now you're getting sort of a gold accent to it. Yeah. And I mean, just they're just super neat. I mean, this is a classic. Everybody knows what it is. I mean, I've spoken about it plenty of times on here. I talk about how, you know, they sort of uh, use that case design and, and technology to evade the need for the helium escape valve right and and you know part of what i love about the brand they kind of just do their own thing and they come up with their own solutions to things and and they're just quirky and that's what i like about them and then and they make they make fun watches they make wild watches you know they they really do make something for everything and now if you're unfamiliar with this these dials are a little different than the the tuna dials you're, you're familiar with now they have very aggressive uh, indices mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. this is i think i think this is my favorite handset as well yeah um, yeah because they changed it and then you could still get this handset on some of the newer models but not all of them like if you're looking at tunas yeah. now like you know you look at the darth tuna or or whatever it might be some of them have these handsets and some don't and for me that would be a deal breaker like if i'm looking for modern tuna i would still want one with this tuna handset yeah 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 but, but they, I mean, they they did a reissue of this one too, right? Not too they long did. Ago. Yes, they yeah. did. Yeah, that's a that's a, this is a cool watch, and it's and it's so quintessentially Seiko. And I love the fact that you know, being it that it's the eighties, like they're like, yeah, let's do a two tone diver. That's exactly what I was about to say. Like the <laughs> what's more eighties than that says <laughs> to me, you know? Oh, one hundred percent. This is like, this is like you know the dad that you know fought in vietnam he's coming back and he's like hanging out with the kids now living in you know living the good life the family life and he's like let me go get a watch 
It still shows that I'm an adventurer and I can kick ass, but it's classy now. It's refined. You know, this is the military two-tone dad watch. I love yeah, it. And I mean, I mean, you think 80s, right? You think 80s watches, you think, you know, two-tone J-Just, two-tone Constellation, two-tone Tag Heuer. Like- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, I mean, that was just two-tone everything. Yeah. That's Everything was two-tone. And AP that was everything. That was certainly the era for it, and this is a cool watch. Whether you go with the original, which I prefer, and especially like you said, the 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 markers, um, they did kind of like this triangular and circular motif, but they did did these kind of like border lines around them, right? That looks really cool. Because like you said, the new modern version, like the Marine Master, they have like the kind of broad arrow style hands. It's not it's not the same. It's not the same. What do you call these hands, bro? I was trying to think of it. I have no idea. I guess they're just called tuna hands. I, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting handset for sure, but it's so cool. Yeah, and this one was sort of an upgrade to the to the grandfather tuna. If people are Seiko heads out there, they, they sort of uh, they tweaked the movement a little bit. They tried to, you know, upgrade uh, sort of the build of the watch as well. So. A neat watch overall. Definitely uh, another one that's gone up in price a lot, which sucks because I, I really do want I really do want either a grandfather tuna or a golden tuna one day because they're just again neat, quirky, nostalgia, and it would make a great birthier watch. So yeah, is that what is that actually what they call it? The grandfather tuna. The first like the-, the first iteration is the grandfather tuna. Dang. So. Grandfather tuna. Grandfather tuna. Gotta love the names, man. Yeah, it's another reason I like this brand. It just you have endless, endless amounts of names. I mean, some of them are kind of lame, some of them are neat, but but I mean again, it's just like take the good into bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just like so many cool names, like the shogun, the samurai, you know, the the turtle. Like yep. there's just like they're so on the nose sometimes that you're just like, yeah, that makes that makes sense. I like it. All right, last one I got is a bit of an oddball for me at least um very 80s i think it fits perfect uh it's going to be a little bit of a a triple dipper here because you can kind of pick your poison because there's multiple variations on similar styles here Mm -hmm. but so tag in the 80s had these sweet divers and you could get them in black you could get them in black with a loom dial or you can get yes. them steel with a loom dial and a black mm-hmm. bezel. Um, they're all s- sort of similar references. There's a 980.031, which is uh, one, one. I think Bond wore this actually. It's a yeah, night diver. It, yeah, yeah. I it's think the full. It's the f- I think T Dalt wore. It. That's that's correct. That is correct. And so there's another, uh, the all black is 983.015. Actually, that's a mid-sized version, but still, you'll get the idea. It's it's sort of all blacked out. Um, really cool, though. Jubilee bracelet. Um, and then there's another one, 980.115N is sort of the steel night diver look. But, I mean, we've talked a lot about night divers recently because uh, citizens were bringing them back a lot. And, and yeah. Tag yeah. even brought one back recently. Um yeah, but these are also quartz, but super cool. I mean, there's something about the full loom dial. I don't have one yet, 
I'm telling you, brother. But I'm itching for one. I'm telling you, brother. We got to get on the full loom game because it's awesome. And these full loom dials have really cool indices because they have the the dots are fully and colored black. in black. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they have the triangle and stick markers at the 12, 9, and 6 are not filled in at all. They're just outlines. Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that. You mentioned this watch, actually, because there was a guy that um, I saw a post on Instagram today, and I don't remember who it was because it was just popping up on my feed. But, you know, this is a quintessential Bond watch. Right. Um, the the Tycor 1000. It was worn by Timothy Dalton. Uh, I think it was the Living Daylights, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody can correct me, but I'm pretty sure it's the Living Daylights. But basically, his essentially his first film, and uh, there's an action sequence where he's like fighting this guy in like a jeep truck or something like that, and he's like choking him out, and you can see it on his wrist, and it's a very cool watch. But the problem was these watches they didn't age too gracefully because they were sports watches. People used them pretty heavily, and this was very early rudimentary PVD technology mm. back at this time. So a lot of these watches were trashed because the PVD would just come off. And I saw this guy do a restoration of one of those original watches where he stripped all the PVD off and he did a Cerakote in the black. Okay. Which is the same type of material that they use a lot in the firearm industry to to, to change the color of firearms. And it's an extremely hard-wearing material. It, it basically has similar properties to something like a ceramic in terms of like abrasion resistance, but it is a coating. It's not a ceramic itself. But I was like, dang, that would be awesome to pick up, you know, kind of like a junked up one and like resto it and do it. Yeah, for sure. And I'm yeah, looking at one right now. There's $1,500. <laughs> is it? And this one's actually in pretty good shape. It's on eBay right now. Fifteen hundred dollars, man. And this also has one of those—I forget the manufacturer—but it has that like really cool '80s case, you know. Um, and it's been a long day. My brain literally cannot think of all these names. But um, there was the, this this case with kind of like the really pointed, angular crown guards was super popular. Hoyer used them a lot as well. Um, other brands did too, but there was a very specific case manufacturer that did the cases for, for some of these Hoyers and, uh, some of these tags back then. And it, it's like super iconic, but bro, if you get one, you should go full black PVD and gold. Just go. Yeah. Full yeah. Black. I think that's the way to go. I think you're right about that. Just, just like power move eighties watch full send. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. So let me lay out 1991 here. And this is a year that I remember. So <laughs> Hubble telescope launched. Hey, As I didn't know that. I didn't know that actually. 91. That's what it says. Okay. All right. USSR comes to an end. Okay. That's also good. As you mentioned, birth year of the internet. Yes. Formally, I guess. I'm as old as the internet. That's nice. Uh, yeah, Chicago Bulls won. Oh, Giants ride wide right against Buffalo. That was a that was a Ooh. 
big fan of that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, popular music, Justify My Love by Madonna. I've seen a lot of Janet Jackson, <laughs> Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, Gloria Estefan. Okay. This was a big uh, diva. Yeah, diva yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. How could it not be? However, movies, Terminator 2, number one. Okay. Banger. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Robin Hood. City Slickers, okay. a classic. If you're okay. Not familiar with now City that, yeah, 100. How could you not be familiar with City Slickers? Bro, I feel like nobody knows about City Slickers. Dude, and that it's a classic movie. That movie's great. And so is City Slickers 2. Okay. Yeah, not a was, letdown. Not a letdown. Definitely not a letdown. Because you get uh, you get John Lovitz in the second one. Yes. And he's yes. hysterical. But yeah, I mean, Billy Crystal wrangling cows and doing oh, cowboy man. stuff. Yeah. And, and especially because they're city boys. You know, like these are guys that grew up in the city. They know nothing about being cowboys. And then they actually are forced to be cowboys. And it's awesome. Now, but my favorite my favorite one is City Slickers 2 when they had to go hunt for, for the guy's gold. The In the first one where they're arguing over how to set the VCR. Like every time I watch that, I die. Like it's they're arguing over how you. Like, because back then, for all the yes, all the kids yes. out there, because I forgot about this the, scene. But yes, the, I know what you're talking about. The demo, I look, you know, I look at the the demographics and stuff of, of listenership and and my own page and stuff once in a while. But the demo is usually 20s to 30s. So yeah, yeah. some of the people will never know that when you used to have to. First of all, you had to put a VHS in your VCR. Yes, and then you had to press if you wanted to record something, you had to press record and play at the same time. I don't know why. And it would record on this VHS tape. And then, you know, you had to do the whole thing where you had to sit there and rewind it. And it took a whole seven minutes and you had to listen to the thing. There was no instant playback. There was no streaming. This was like some of the worst technology ever, but you had to deal with it. This was before DVD. This is, you know, not even close to Blu-ray, but. And and there was no there was no way to fix a mistake. Like it was done. Like if you recorded it wrong or you recorded over something, like it was gone. Yeah. There was no DVR, no TiVo, no nothing. So anyways, these, these machines, these VCRs, they always had some wild way of, you had to stay at a clock on them usually. And then trying to set that was a pain. And then also you could set it to record at a time. Like if you knew Mm -hmm. you weren't going to be home, Set it to record at a time, which also never, ever worked. It would <laughs> never be the thing you tried to record. Either it would be on AM or PM, the wrong one, or it would just decide, I'm going to record whatever the hell I feel like, or yeah. somebody would change the channel on you and screw you. So yeah. either way. <laughs> you end up recording QVC. <laughs> yeah. So one way or another, uh, it was a disaster, and just listening to them go go through it will always be funny to me because now we have such better options. But yeah, hilarious. If you don't know it, City Slickers hysterical. Just um, just remember, ladies and gentlemen, be kind. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, City Slickers. Oh, Silence man, of the it? Lambs. Oh, another, I mean another another good film, but not one of my favorites. But it's a good film. Yeah, very good. Very good. TV show, 60 Minutes, Roseanne, <laughs> Home Improvement, classic. Oh, yes. Uh, I was actually watching that yesterday because it's on Netflix and it's on uh, it's on Hulu. And I was just like watching it from the beginning again. 
such a great show. Well, there was a period there where Pam Anderson was Heidi the Tool Girl, if you remember that. She, yeah, she, I haven't gotten there yet. But In her prime. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, I'm not excited. I'm Wait, excited. Dude, Al Borland, classic as hell. Yes. Wilson. The best. Dude, I knew a guy in college who went as Wilson for Halloween. He just wore a bucket hat and he had a bunch of popsicle sticks taped together and put it up in front of his face whenever people asked him what he was. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, man. That's funny. A very classic costume. But yeah. I, you know, that's not a bad costume. It's pretty, honestly, and the, the kid was kind of like known for being kind of like a like a dope, but like hilarious, yeah. like way to go. Yeah, yeah. Deep cuts. Right, deep cuts. The deep cuts, yeah. Deep cuts. But uh, but yeah, Tool Time, Home Improvement, great show, great show. But that that, that kind of gives you a feel for uh, where we were in 91. <laughs> so why don't you hit us with a little, little early 90s horology here? Okay, so my first pick is actually a watch that I do own. And coincidentally, I didn't know that at the time that it was a birth year watch. So funny story, many, 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 many years ago, I was in college and I was getting into watches. But at the time, I could only really afford, you know, court stuff. So it was like fashion watches and Nixons and all kinds of stuff that by today's standards, I would want to beat myself up. (laughs) It's like, what were you thinking? Um, but I remember one time in college, late night streaming on eBay or surfing on eBay. And I was like, man, you know, I, I see these things about these Seiko divers. And this was kind of when the modding space with Seikos was really becoming big. And it was a huge deal. Bone and hands. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bonefish hands. Bonefish hands. And, and I remember I was like, you know, I want to get one of these watches because they're so cool. And I ended up doing this like late night eBay purchase. And I think at the time it's probably 80 bucks, which wasn't a lot of money by today. But at the time was a lot of money. I mean, we're talking three cases of beer here. Like we got to, these are priorities. And um, I ended up buying this, this Seiko diver and it was a Seiko diver 7002J. Mm-hmm. And this was a, you know, classic divers, kind of like the precursor to what would become the SKX, you know. And Tuesday is one of my favorite watches. I absolutely love the watch. It needs a service desperately. I've talked about it a few times on the podcast before, but um, I have just a classic black dial version of this watch, 7002J. And I bought it and it came from like Singapore or something. So I was like, man, I'm totally getting scammed. Like this is this guy's going to take my 80 bucks and send me this, send me nothing. Right. But it came and it was my first automatic watch ever. So not only was it my first introduction to mechanical watches in my own personal collection, but it turned out many years later, I was looking up the serial number for it and I found out it was made in my birth year, which is so weird. But a very, very happy accident. So um, not an expensive watch, even still today, you know, a couple hundred bucks, but um, one that's near and dear to my heart. I wore it all through college. I partied in that watch. I did manual labor in that watch. I did everything in that watch. And it still kept amazing time. Like I said, it's a little it's a little worse for wear now, but uh, pretty awesome piece. I'll never get rid of it. 
Yeah. Cool part about Seiko's is a lot of times you can actually track it to the month. Yeah. Based on yeah, the, yeah. the cereal. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do the month at the time, but I'm curious to know kind of when, when it was, but uh, yeah. And see, for me, this is what it has, what I wish the modern SKXs and all these, you know, um, 5KXs and all this, all these other Street watches. divers and whatever. Yeah. I, it has the right type of second hand. Okay. It's got a Martini Allo second hand, the way mm-hmm. that God intended it. Not this weird, <laughs> like, loom plot on the butt ass end of the second hand. Like, nobody's looking the at it. Reverse this. lollipop. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wh- why? I want to see the seconds. Not the butt of the seconds, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense to me. So, this is a very cool watch, and super, super basic, super Spartan. It was 150 meter back then, and yep. it's not a day date; it's just a date movement. Um, but super bulletproof. Very, very cool watch. Yeah, sort of encapsulates the nostalgia aspect. I love it, man. I love it. every. I I don't wear it a lot anymore, for obvious reasons. It, it like I said, it needs a service and everything like that. But, um, it just sits there like a faithful companion. I can still pick it up every single day, and she just starts going. Like it doesn't matter what's going on. Like I can pick it up, look at it for five seconds, and she'll start running. And I, it's a testament to that to that movement, and and especially Seiko, just in general. These watches just don't die. <laughs> it's it's like the the battle hardened, you know, like forerunner in the middle of you know Africa that some warlord's using to drive around. And he's driving <laughs> on a bucket, you know, <laughs> like it just won't die. <laughs> but it's a cool watch. Yeah, very Subaru. Uh yeah, right? man. Yeah, just like <laughs> can't you can't kill it. Like a guy, a guy who works for my company has a Subaru with like three hundred thousand miles on it. And oh I'm my like, god! How did you? How does this thing stay together? <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a video of a of a Toyota truck, and it was like one of those like Instagram shorts or whatever, and it was basically like this dude, and it's like the Toyotas just don't die, and it was like this car that had a literal tree growing inside of, it. like it oh, was wow. completely rusted out. The, the floorboards were gone. A tree and a bush has started to grow through this thing. And this guy hooked up like, you know, a battery cable to to this battery that had been, I don't know, sitting for 20 years in the muck and all this stuff. And he started it. And you go around, he kind of, pan, he's showing the engine running and it's running rough, but it's running. Yeah. And he goes around, he pans into the cab of like the vehicle and there's literally no seats. Like they're all completely rusted away. It's just frame, metal, rust, and a tree. And the stick is still going. I'm like, yep, that's uh that's my little Seiko watch right there. That's how she is. So all right. What else you got? I got uh a couple more. So uh a watch that's uh near and dear to your heart in some facet. Um, but this is the Hamilton 9721. LL Bean edition khaki. Mm, very nice. So uh I've never owned the khaki myself. I absolutely love the watches. Um I don't know, there's just something so rugged and and go anywhere, do anything type of type of feeling about these watches. And I think if I was to buy one right now, why not go for a miniaturized LL Bean version, especially for my birth year? 
Um, it's a cool watch. It's part of a collaboration back before collaborations were a thing. And uh, it's just cool. It's just rugged. Looks awesome. You know, simple little, you know, mechanical or automatic watch and has LLB on it. So I think it's cool. Yeah, I almost picked the one of the old Hamilton um, GI watches. Okay. Yeah. For, I was looking at them and I was like, all right. I was like, this is a maybe. I was like, I'll put it in the maybe pile. So it's going to be an honorable mention, but I almost picked one because they, they were just, they're very cool. They're just, it's exactly what you're getting today, but it's, it just seems somehow more authentic, you know? Yeah. 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 There was a, uh, there was one that, that keeps popping up when you Google the, the, the 9721, like there's one literally from 1991. It's like a posting and it sold for $295. Pocket change. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's going on? I know it. I feel it. Um. Okay. So, uh, this pick uh, for me will be very surprising. Um, but as you know, there's there's really one brand out there that really spans the test of time, uh, and certainly one that you can track down based on years, which is even more easy to to do with this brand. But um, uh, there's a watch out there that I've always kind of really liked, and it pains me to say this. But uh, my next pick is the it's the Rolex one five two one zero. This is the thirty four millimeter engine turned bezel oyster perpetual. Say it's date. an OP, right? It's an oyster perpetual date. Yeah, thirty four millimeters um, with an engine turned bezel, and I don't know what it is about this watch. Um, I had forgotten about it actually. And when I was doing the research for this, I was looking at everything. I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. This collection existed. And it's just so cool. Like, there's several different dial variations, silver dial, black dial, blue dial. All that's a nice the, blue. That's a, all, I've always liked that blue. Yeah, that's a really good blue. But the one that's really attractive to me the most that I never thought I would actually like, and the more I've been looking at it since, you know, making, you know, this uh, the research for this, it's a bright white dial but it has roman numerals in addition to the baton markers interesting so i don't it, it's it's super weird it almost kind of looks like a buckley dial if you're familiar with that yes okay but the roman numerals are much smaller because on the buckley dial the dial is just roman numerals but this one you actually have indices and then you have miniaturized roman numerals but they're done in like this very classic bolted font that looks really pretty masculine to me. And I'm not a Roman numeral guy at all. I don't own nor have I ever owned a timepiece with Roman numerals. But I would 100% buy this watch right now. It's a very, very good looking timepiece. And, you know... As far as Rolex watches are concerned, they're really not that expensive. Five grand, fifty five hundred, something like that. Sometimes even lower. But it's a very cool looking watch, and I love the engine turn bezel because again, if I'm going to buy something that's out, I don't want to buy what everyone else owns. Like everyone owns a, an OP, everyone owns a Datejust, everyone owns a Sub. Blah blah blah. Like those are boring to me. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go 
something very different that I would never see myself in and certainly not see on anybody else. And I've always loved the way that Rolex did the engine turn bezels back in the day. Um, I, I love them on the, th- on the Thunderbirds that we talked about previously. Like when we first started recording the podcast, we talked about Thunderbird. My dad had an older one. Right. Um, that was also an engine turn bezel. Like there was just something really cool about those the old, designs. The old Air Kings had them. Exactly. Exactly. But this one, I, I just love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I've always had sort of a soft spot for the, like the precision and the, the Rolex precision, the actual watch and the, the Rolex date, like before mm-hmm. they, again, this is sort of before they became glamorous, I guess you'd say like they were just good old reliable, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's just, it's a part of their history that I've, I've, it's, it's, I back like, when, you know, it's I, back I really when, like. it's back when they used to make watches for people, right? Not, flippers not resellers they just to make they used to just make watches for hard-working people that wanted to buy a quality hard-working watch that's what it was and it's it's so sad that it's not that way anymore and it's games and it's notoriety and cachet and flip culture and resell culture like all of these things rolled up into one now for the brand but back then it was just about Good, honest working timepieces for good, honest working people. And I wish that that legacy would come back because that's when it was fun. That's when, like, this is the watch that somebody would buy and they would wear for their entire life. Yeah, for sure. You know, like that was the one thing. And I don't know, there's just something kind of very nostalgic and romantic about that idea that like, this is your one faithful companion for everything that you do in your life. Okay, my last and penultimate pick is the 1991 Omega, because you knew I had to have an Omega in there. The Omega Speedmaster Perpetual Calendar. Oh, okay. This was a 50-piece production run for the Japanese market only, and it was a 39-millimeter solid gold case Speedmaster Perpetual calendar with a moon phase and chronograph. This watch is awesome. <laughs> um, this is low key luxury. I mean, obviously, it's a very complicated timepiece, uh, but when you look at it, it's a very unassuming watch. Unless you know watches, this is a type of watch that people are just going to pass you on the street when you wear it because they have no idea what it is. Um, but it was made in fifty pieces only for Japan. But a very, very beautiful watch. And and according to the Omega website, when I was doing the research for this, it was um, the most complicated series-produced movement that Omega has ever made. Wow. Which is pretty fascinating because now Omega has the Chrono Chime movement, which we talked about um, several episodes ago, which is now their most complicated movement ever produced. But that's not produced in the series. So it's produced kind of like a one-off each time according to what i understand but this one was produced in a production run of 50 pieces in totality um and it's i think it's cool i would totally get one if i could find one i'm still trying to find this thing speedmaster perpetual calendar yep google 1991 speedmaster perpetual calendar It's a three subdial register chronograph oh, okay, with a moon phase. Moon phase at three. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, this is a this is a deep cut here. I mean, I figured I had to end with something big. And I guarantee you most of our listeners have probably never even seen this watch. Well, I haven't either. So there's that. <laughs> this watch is cool. What's the size on this? 39. 39. Yeah, I was going to say it doesn't look like a 42. No, it's definitely a 39. This was the the same type of case that they use for like the Schumachers yeah. and uh, Speedy Reduced. Like it's that it's that generation of of watch. Oh, Sotheby's is selling one on a a bunch trap. <laughs> Of course they are, because only a crazy person would actually own this watch. Would be like, yeah, why not? Let's just put on a bunt strap. That's what. That's what. That's what. That's how people wear these watches. That reminds know? me of a time back back in back in the day. Not back when I was, uh, you know, like eighteen, nineteen, and it was when you're that age. It's all about cars, and me and my bros would be sitting around drinking beer, watching like Barrett Jackson auctions. <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, one episode comes on, you know, usually you see some cool stuff, like old Kudas or whatever. This guy comes on with a gigantic old Volkswagen bus, and you're like, what the hell is this guy doing, right? This thing <laughs> sold for more than any of the sports cars or vintage collectibles, Camaros, whatever. It was like a bidding war, and it went up over a million dollars, and I was like, for a Volkswagen bus. Yeah. Wow. It's it's the sleeper, bro. <laughs> That's what it is. People are at, attracted to like the, oh, I want to be the guy who has something different, you know? I mean, I mean, this watch is that. Like, again, there's 50 of them ever made. It's probably one of the rarest watches in history. How many Omega perpetual calendars do you know of? Not too many. <laughs> especially not with a chronograph. No, for sure. Right? And... This is when Omega was doing stuff when nobody noticed. You know what I mean? Like, this is post-Quartz Crisis. Right. And they're like, you know what? We almost went insolvent during the Quartz Crisis. Let's do a perpetual calendar chronograph. <laughs> like, let's go big. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then three years later, they do the Torbion. Right? So, like... <sighs> It's kind of it's kind of bold moves when you think about it in the history of watchmaking. Like it's kind of bold moves. Yeah, like, I mean if you, you're gonna if you're gonna go out, you're gonna go out with a bang. Yeah, I was gonna say you can go through all that effort for nothing, and that's like <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. So this is this when I when I was discovering this watch, I was like, Yeah, that's it. That's the one I'm gonna end on because this is uh this is perfect. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a that is a very very deep cut. Thank you. I'd be I'd be surprised to know if anybody had seen or known about this one. Yeah, I don't even know the reference number because I tried to Google it on Omega's page, and it's it uses the old referencing system, so it's not really something that comes up. But if you Google 1991 Omega Speedmaster Perpetual Calendar, it will come up, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Very nice. Very nice, my friend. Thank you. All right. I think that's a good way to end it out, man. I think <laughs> I don't think anybody's gonna top that one as far as we're gonna go. wild or other from their from their own birth year. But we're, we're gonna go out on top, baby. No, I I do know we have a few a few older listeners. I'd be curious to know what they would be going with. Yeah. So you know, some people go back pretty far. So I'm you know, I'd be I'd be certainly curious. I know I know a few people who have birth year watches, but 
and DM us them. DM us your birth yeah, your birth watch picks. Yeah, I'm we're curious. curious to know what you guys would choose out there. So DM us your uh, your birth year picks. For sure, for sure. All right. Um, I am probably gonna head up to work early tomorrow, so I'm gonna call it quits here. Uh, got some packing to do. I got travel ahead of me, so I got a big week. Um, I will see you again next week for episode ninety two. Ninety two. Um, that much then, close. Yeah. Till then. Uh, have a good one. Travel safe. And uh, you, the listener, I'll see you soon. Yep. Likewise, buddy. All right. Peace. Take care.